live, more or less, from Las Vegas. This is Good Sports with Mark Anthony. I'm Rick Rosen. Well, here we are in Vegas once again, Mark. Middle yes, of, uh, of a, what's supposedly a slow sports week. We got Major <laughs> League Baseball. There's no pennant races right now. The Yankees are, I mean, the World Series is looking like it's going to be Yankees, uh, Dodgers. Right now, if I was a betting man, the Yankees are in first. The Dodgers have an incredible pitching staff. It's almost a throwback to the 60s when the Dodgers had Sandy Koufax and Don Drysdale. Uh, the, you know, the Dodgers have, have, have Grinke and, uh, and, and Clayton Kershaw. Zach Grinke and Clayton Kershaw are the equivalent of, of, of Sandy Koufax and Don Drysdale. And Dodger lore, you think you've seen it once, you'll never see it again. And sure enough, along comes this pair who Grinke has this, uh, this uh, scoreless streak. It's it, it and and Oral Hershiser as the Dodger pitcher has the has the current record. Grinky's approaching that. He's had this great season, and Clayton Kershaw is the two time Cy Young Award winner back to back, and the best pitcher in baseball. Uh, Matt Scherzer notwithstanding. So anyway, it's a it's a great time baseball wise, but it looks like it's going to for for us baby boomers, man. It's going to be Dodgers Yankees unless something happens. The Yankees are kicking ass, and a Rod's. Uh-huh. Uh, the chief kicker, A Rod. I, I want you to know something about A Rod, dude. And and you got to listen to this. And, and it it amazed me, Mark, to to go A-Rod. through these things. And I have to refer to my A- Alex Rodriguez was drafted in 1993. We are in 2015. He was drafted in 1993. He was the LeBron James of baseball. He was a kid from Miami who had it all as a as a. 13 year old kid he was doing stuff grown men do and people recognized a rod's talent and so he he really didn't have any choice he was going to be a pro baseball player okay as a rod came up with all this talent somebody responded by taking steroids i can't hang with this guy athletically so i'm going to take steroids to keep up with him and that's what they did and a rod responded by taking steroids okay no, not, not everybody that goes to confession doesn't always confess all their sins. And that's, I think, you know, baseball, for whatever reason, wants that from, from Pete Rose. They want it from A-Rod. They wanted it from, from uh, Roger Clemens. You look at their biggest stars who you think the effects of steroids is it's all batters. Barry Bonds, uh, Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa, uh, A-Rod. You go down the line. I mean, there's a hell of a lot of guys. Okay. You go down the line of pitchers. You start with Roger Clemens, seven-time Cy Young Award winner. Okay, it made him better. It made them better. What the hell's the difference? We've leveled the playing field. Think of the think of the plays that somebody on steroids made against a Rod concerning his batting average and his on-base percentage, etc. Simply because they were faster. You look at Ben Johnson. A uh, Canadian gold medalist, and you know, absolutely destroyed his career by by the taking of steroids. But it got him the world championship. It got him the gold medal. He got to stand there and listen to the Canadian national anthem being played. It cost him afterwards, but he got to he got the moment. He got to see what it was like. You know what I mean? And 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 you think of how much quicker it made him. You look at the infielders. Uh, look at the shortstop. That, that a ball would have gotten through, except this guy is artificially faster. So uh, steroids affected the, the entirety of baseball. But even if you say, okay, half this guy's stuff was due to steroids, half of A-Rod's stats still puts him in the top 100 of the Hall of Fame. Here's some of the people. Half of his home runs put him ahead of Hall of Famers Hank Greenberg, Joe Adcock, Gary Carter, George Brett, Al Simmons, Rogers Hornsby, and Craig Biggio. Half of his home runs puts him ahead. It, 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 half of his stuff still leaves him behind only 97 Hall of Famers. Um, and A-Rod, I don't know how much more humility they need to get from A-Rod, but he stood at the S-piece with the and funny. Uh, it, it was so uncomfortable. I mean, it was just like, all right, already. And like he was going to apologize. Well, you know, acknowledging and apologizing are two different things. Why do you need to apologize? That's our job. We're supposed to do that explaining. And like I say, I cut A-Rod a lot of slack in that he was facing pitchers that were juiced. 
He was juiced, but he was juiced because everybody else was, just like Lance Armstrong. He did not invent that. It was a response. If you slap me and I slap you back, it's the same damn response. If you take steroids and I take steroids, it's the same response. Mark, we, we both love the pro bull riders. And the ultimate testosterone thing is a bull. And you can, you know what I mean? I'm almost positive they have excess. I don't think any of them bulls use all the testosterone they got. So they don't really have to juice up the bulls. The okay, bulls do it for their... Well, I'm just saying you, you think we talk about it being kind of a slow sports day, but A-Rod has the Yankees. We were talking about Yankees, Dodgers, A-Rod who missed last year at 39 years of age, who turned 40 today or yesterday or something like that, uh, uh, as leading the Yankees to a six game lead on their nearest competitors in the American League East. They lost Derek Jeter, their longtime captain and the absolute glue of that team, retired. And here it is, A-Rod standing there, no steroids at 40 years of age, and saying, wow, look at what kind of numbers this guy's putting up. This was as of last week, Mark, when I, when I uh, got these 673 career home runs. He's got 19 home runs this year. And that was, he was 10 days shy of 40. So he just turned 40 or yesterday, today, something like that. And he took last year entirely off. He's batting 278 with now, I believe, 20 home runs, uh, 55 RBIs, and has scored 50 runs, Mark. This is halfway through the year. This guy wasn't, a, wasn't a, 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 an all-star. Baseball got their pound of flesh, but A-Rod stood in front of the SB crowd and did this, this, very unfunny bit with uh, the uh, the guy that was throwing him the questions, and he apologized for the Knicks being crappy and what and on and on and on. And you know, I I don't know how much more of of his penance we really need to witness. Okay, the guy's sorry, but you know, think of the think of the real reason. He did not. He did not need steroids. If it had just been a level playing field in the first place, if they'd caught the guy before him, I don't think he ever would have responded. He never would have needed to slap back. He was an incredible, and now is proving it at the age of forty, an incredible baseball player. Back to the PBR. <laughs> you know, people always talk about uh, about the uh, the the. Uh, uh, stars being the, the 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 riders everybody knows jb mooney in the pbr the stars the the, the bulls are the harlem globetrotters of, of yeah. that deal the cowboys are the washington generals of that deal <laughs> <laughs> make there no mistake i don't know that there's ever been a time when the cowboys have outscored the bulls because, you know, every time the – here's how that works. Every time the Bulls buck off a Cowboy, the Bulls still get scored. Right. They keep track of these things for World Championships. The Cowboy don't get scored. Well, he got three and a half well, seconds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he got zero. Okay. When he, that's right. So it's it, the Bulls have an advantage that way anyhow. They get scored whether the guy stays on or not. The guy only gets scored if he stays on. So that's a, you know, that's a, that's a let's play blackjack here in Las Vegas kind of deal. <laughs> I'm just saying it, it okay. works for the bulls anyhow. So, so make no mistake, but uh, with, with the, the bulls, uh, they always have stars, Mark, and people starting to know them by name. You, you look at who we've been most fortunate to, to see. I saw Bodacious in person. So I go that far back, but that was at the, at the national finals rodeo here. Um, when you look at little yellow jacket, we, oh. you know, we saw him and, and then, and then you just go down the line asteroid, you know, just, just think now we see what they say is the greatest bull of all time. Bushwhacker. And we go the entire career, Mark, we've been able to see. And you think yeah. of the Bulls and you say, they they got just barely challenged. If that had been a 10-second clock instead of an 8-second clock, you know, there'd have been a hell of a lot fewer guys <laughs> that lasted 10 than lasted 8. I mean, it was it was at the very barely nipped it to stay on for 8. You know, even J.B. Mooney, who is it, by the way, is in third place in the Pro Bull Rider standings uh, right now. Um, 
doesn't you know he'll ha- he'll hang on to, with his little finger the nail of his little finger and his thumb onto that rope to drain every last thousandth of a second out of that bull ride if it's close some yeah. guys it's over it's over and they let go and and, and land better that's why jb gets hurt a lot in my opinion he he he's the kyle bush it's wonder they're not they're not best of friends they they are so similar in how they go about that. And JB does some things on top of them bowls that not everybody else does. Kyle Bush does lots of things on that racetrack that not a lot of other people do. And so they're, they're very similar, but uh, the guy who's just kicking ass and we've seen his talent from the get go. Uh, Joao Ricardo Vieira is, has made over a half a million dollars this year, riding bulls. That's why there's a pro this bull year. This year. That's why there's a PVR this year. He's wow. we're halfway through and he's got he's got five hundred and six thousand seven hundred and six dollars and eighty cents. The ch- world championship pays a million. You get the big million dollar check right. and it pays a lot more than the million because you have, uh, you get the winnings on top of that. But it's a million dollar bonus. So uh, speaking of bonuses, he has he has won the bad boy mowers bonus, which is one hundred thousand dollars twice and got the got an eighty thousand dollar bonus. It, it was an event bonus. And I think uh, one of them uh, was here, the last cowboy standing, I believe. And he got there. Yeah. So he got the bonus from that. So that put him at five hundred and six thousand seven hundred and six dollars and eighty cents. Now, the next next down the line is JB, I believe, at at a hundred and uh, he's at one hundred and sixty two thousand. Uh, $22. And that's the, uh, uh, wait a minute. Here's a 213. Uh, Jeremy Marchi. No, Silvano Alves, defending world champion Silvano Alves right. at 213, 921 is, is next. So anyway, he's got him more than doubled money wise. And there's, there's no question that he's going to be approaching a million dollars. You look at the pro, you look at the NFR. I don't care how many events no. they have. There, no, nobody, Nobody in any category is going to be at this half a million dollar mark. So I think it speaks very much to the popularity of, of pro bowl riding. When, when there's value and they can add that much money in, they must be selling a whole hell of a lot of mowers. Bad boy <laughs> mowers bonus of $100,000, and we applaud them. And uh, if you're looking for a mower, go get a bad boy mower because they're people who, who do something with that money that's good, and that's that's entertain the world, and they, they do that by giving these guys this money. Well, and I don't think they give any of them any money. They, they win the money. If you go to go to the, go to PBR now and look at the look at the stats and stuff like that, Mark, some of these guys get on the bulls, and they get $400 out of the deal. What do you think a plane ticket is anywhere? You know, it's four hundred dollars yeah. to get your to get your your shoes on board, much less your entire uh, or wardrobe. So, um, and you know that you you do the you do the uh, tour thing. Uh, but anyhow, these uh, these guys are in some money, but they are making they are making some good change. And the world champion crowned here in uh, uh, late October, early November in Las Vegas. Uh, it's uh, it's going to be very very interesting to see how this all works out. But uh, uh, Joao Ricardo Vieira is having one of them dream seasons. It's a it's a you know if he die, if he continues to dominate, they've had the two big events. He's won them both. He's got the he's gotten three hundred and sixty thousand dollars extra, which in in the terms of bull riding. But anyway, um, uh, what do you what do you think about the 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 change from uh, Jim Howarth as the CEO now moves uh, over to chairman and Sean Gleason steps in as the CEO of the of the Pro Bowl Riders and um, I mean Gleason's just kind of a younger version. Yeah, and, what do you and, think? Well, well, that well, the whole thing the last what four or five years since 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 the buyout has actually proved to be very good. You know, I mean, uh, yeah. uh, they have talked about the money again, 506, yeah. 706. So, yeah. okay. You know, I mean, they've increased the money because they've increased the sponsorship and, and, and they're, and they are kind of like what we call other, other pro sports where they're starting to bring in the younger guns. They're, 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 yeah. they're starting to, to create that division not, to to nurture not an old man sport. No, no, it's not. You know, I mean, I'm, I mean, I mean, when we talk younger, we're talking thirteen. You know, you know, yeah. because eighty percent of the world final guys are like twenty. 
You know, by yeah. 25, they are literally out to pasture. And it's but they're passion. like, why, why don't you ever see old addicts, dude? There are no old addicts. Why don't you see old pro riders? There are no old pro riders. You stop riding bulls after a while, and some guys are forced to do it. They just yes. physically cannot, or they would. You know, Greyhound, Mark, I love uh, Greyhound racing. I love to bet I, I'm, I'm a gambler. I don't like horse racing because they have humans on their back, and they control them. That's why it's not big for most anybody to bet in NASCAR. You got a human at the controls. Now it's different. <laughs> so, but on a horse, on a horse, the jockey has to do, you know, not, they don't all cheat, but they all have an effect on there with the, with greyhounds. They'll run and run and run. And I think that's, you know, when you, when you think about it, they have to be stopped, and that's how some of these bull riders are. They are they are the greyhounds of of humanity. They will keep doing and doing and doing until they're very very few of them just stop on their own. When they stop, they they walk. You know, they walk like I walk. Their knees go in different directions, yeah. and sometimes sometimes so do their eyes. And and but you know, they're all so dedicated to their sport. And I, I mean, it's so cool to think of of what pro bull riding has become. From so where anyway, it was just the marquee event. Go ahead. Yeah. You know, I, okay. So, so it gets bought out by corporate America. The original 18 yeah. owners walk away. Well, they don't walk away, but they're, you know, multimillionaires now. And everyone yeah. was, they everyone was in. God bless yeah. them. God bless them. You know, I mean, they pitch in a thousand dollars and 20 years later, they're multimillionaires. God bless them. God, America. Yeah. Um, but everyone was panicked when corporate America bought it. You know, it's like, oh my God, this is. Yeah, I was, but, I was uh, worried too, Mark. And then, you know, I, but, but, and they made a couple of moves. But I think what Randy Bernard set up, the, the, the structure that he set up or helped formulate. To, Randy. Yeah, to take it into the future. Everyone saw that this was it. And they never really yep. varied from that path. They just grew it. And so these changes are really nice that, that, that they're bringing in young, younger people, but, yep. but they're not outsiders. And, and, and that's what everyone panicked about is that they start to bring in somebody from Pepsi or they bring in somebody from IBM to, but they did not. And they keep, they've kept it going, which I love. Some of that was well-founded worry, Mark. Both of us oh, have definitely. seen corporations screw up good things when they over-corporated. Did I invent a word? Over-corporated yeah. something that was already working. They fixed something that wasn't broken and then proceeded to break it or make yes. it, you know, not near as good as it was. Uh, you can't drain every penny out of everything and expect it to thrive. Or you got to put some back in and these guys all do. Uh, you know, they do a, they do a great job. You look at the, you look at our friend Denise Abbott. She works so much in the background. I mean, oh it God. is such a team. Yeah. It is such a team oriented thing there that it goes. Everybody else uh, chips in. It, the next guy does the last guy does. You look at the bullfighters. They are. If ever you see a team operate, okay, my buddy screwed up and look, Oh, there he goes. That's what you do on the football field. You know, Oh man, I'm going to kick his ass when we get back to the huddle. Nope. These guys, well, I'm going to run over there and have the same thing happen to me to save his ass. It is the ultimate yes. team thing, how they work with each other and defense that bull. I mean, are you, I don't think you see that in any other sport, the, no. the total difference between the two uh, uh, competitors. Weight, yeah. size, uh, ability to injure one another. Because I'm pretty sure <laughs> you can get Shorty Gorham out there to run headlong into that bull <laughs> while the bull's standing still, or you can do vice versa and you see who is worse for the wear. <laughs> well, now Shorty's known for having a hard head, but it ain't that yes. hard. <laughs> well, well, the the interesting thing that we've been watching. You know, again, going going back to last Cowboy Standing, they did it this year outdoors. They did it in kind of a party uh, festivity, which is completely different than what they've done in in uh, previous years. So they're trying something new, but they're not changing the basic product. And yeah. I, 
And I like that corporate America has tweaked some things, taken some things out that we that we don't like that they took out. But but in the bigger picture, they've improved the product considerably. And and when they see something doesn't work, they take it out immediately and they okay, you know, that didn't work. Let's try something different. The downside of that is every time you fix something for someone, when you have that success, and whether we're talking NASCAR, you think of recently, okay, they banned the Confederate flag. That's great. It makes it better for a whole lot of of people in general. But for those that are bound to determine that they're going to fly that Confederate flag, it makes it worse for them. And, there, and so what I'm saying is there is a segment that you affect adversely every time you make it better, even though you might make it better for more people, you are still alienating some. And that's what they, they have overcome that. They have done that with as little collateral damage as possible. I think, I I think, I I think we're agreeing. Yes. And you know, you're going to, they they knew they were going to lose some. Yes. And they haven't tinkered with the main, the main product. They have not screwed that up. They, you know, that's, you know, they know what, what, what people are coming to see, which is really cool because yep. that's, that's what everyone expected that they'd screw up, but they did <laughs> the not. The same thing that people go to NASCAR for. <laughs> the pro bull riders is what NASCAR, that's why they both, very, very similar demographics. People don't go to NASCAR so much to watch Kyle Busch and Brad Keselowski race each other cleanly down the backstretch. They watch them to hopefully one or the other or both will slam into the (laughs) the safer barriers that will create a tremendous wreck, but not injure anybody. That's what they go for. They go to watch a cowboy fly 15 feet up in the air and land somewhat on his left ear and his right testicle at the same time. And just for that thrill of, wow, did you see what happened to that other guy? That's why jokes are funny. It, it, it ain't funny to slip and fall. It's funny to watch somebody, somebody slip on slip a banana peel. Yeah. <laughs> yes, but but not you. You're listening to Good Sports from Las Vegas, Mark Anthony. I'm Rick Rosen, and um, well, we are uh, we're talking about the Pro Bull Riders and uh, some of the different things they do. Mark, you got to check this out, man. You know, I'm a I'm a, a whore. I mean, a hoarder. Harder. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, although, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. anyhow, these, uh, these things always fascinate me and I love having them. Although I have pictures of the bulls, there are so many exciting things at the pro bull riders that you can't, uh, you, you literally can't d- decide between one photo or the other, which one is that ultimate moment. I mean, it's very, very rare, even bushwhacker. Okay, yeah. on his last out, which one was it—the first jump or the second jump? I mean, which one? So when you have to whittle it down to one, it's kind of tough to do. So I like to have things like this, and then it, then I go look at the entire set of photos, and, and and put them up, you know, where where we have access to them. By the way, this is this is from two thousand and eight out here. <clears throat> My favorite, of course, JB Mooney, and yes. uh, JB Mooney is in third place again. I'll run down that, uh, who we got, to 2010, and the generic. But if you look at all of them, Ford, built Ford tough. And for the longest time when I was at Mandalay Bay, Mandalay Bay uh, hosted the first half of the Pro Bull Rider Finals out here. And um, it was it was always so cool to, to just watch all the things that they did, but all the corporate involvement uh, with those kind of things, Mark, is, is I think, really uh, what has always driven uh, other sports. Uh, the, you know, the guys, and they're not real big guys anyway. It's not like they're doing it with linebackers and, and, and offensive linemen. They wear about as much signage as they can on their, on their outfits, uh, uh, their, their vests and their, and their chaps and their boots and, uh, you know, I mean, they, they got on their hats. They have just about as much signage as a NASCAR car has on it for corporate sponsorship. Uh, but Ford has really been the, the built Ford Tough Series. And I hope they sell a hell of a lot of Ford. I hope people go out and buy a Ford pickup truck and then go get a bad boy mower and put it in the back. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, 
that's what you that's what you hope to do. I mean, that's what sponsors are there for. That's they want you to be loyal. They're loyal to your sport. So anyway, here's the rundown. Uh again, uh Joe uh, Ricardo Vieira, thirty five hundred and thirty points. He's ridden more than half of his at fifty one percent. And uh, that's pretty much the cutoff line for for having a pretty good pretty good run at it. Uh, anyway, he's won the hundred and eighty thousand dollars twice uh, that bonus, and is at five oh six seven oh six in earnings. Second place, Matt Triplett, at least second place in points, twenty five twenty three. He's at one hundred and fifty seven thousand seven ninety four. I mean, yes, that is that is so much more much more money than they used to make. You know, guys used to oh barely God. be able to cover cover uh liquor and 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 doctors and and uh, uh the occasional uh, patch on the tire the on the vehicle they were in you know and now uh although i mean it is second place 157 794 and the guys just were showing up i mean uh it's like an appearance fee on the on a, on a maybe a, a a game show or something it's 400 bucks uh just for showing up putting your life out there on the line with that big thing with big horns uh jb mooney at 20 uh 22 23 in points he's ridden 53 percent he's at 162,022 if jb stays healthy he is a threat at any time to ride 100 bulls in a row uh, there again, would not surprise me in the least uh kk pacheco uh at number four nathan sharper uh, Valderon de Oliveira, uh, Guillermo Marchi, Silvano Alves, uh, back-to-back uh, world champion, Reese Cates in, at number nine, and J.W. Harris at number 10 uh, with 90490 bucks uh, for J.W. Harris. So uh, the top nine are, are well over $100,000 already bringing in, Mark, and I think that's a, that's a good thing. The top bulls, at least the bulls, uh, uh, as always, airtime. Uh, what an appropriately named animal. Yeah. Uh, Lane's magic train. Uh, you can't think of pro bull ride without thinking of Lane. Uh, Lane Frost. Lane Frost. Uh, yep. You look at. You, you, uh, we'll talk about that in a minute. Stone sober and percolator. Per- percolator is a, a, a fun bull. To, ah, they're all fun to watch, but percolator just kind of has that nastiness that you I like. Anyway, the, um, the, the, uh, Lane the Frost. Ride. The bull I loved at uh, uh, last Cowboy Standing, Jake from State Farm. That was the name of the bull. <laughs> yeah, I've heard about. I haven't seen. I, I whatever I missed, I never. I, I flip through and finally figure out. Oh, bull riding's on, and I so I catch it, and I don't watch as much as I could. And the last two times, uh, I have missed both times. I missed his outs. I got came uh, home from something and turned it on and uh, crap. So anyway, yeah, hey, uh, hey, now wait, I have wait, a DVR. Wait, wait, wait. have yes. you ever done that? I, I mean, I mean, um, <laughs> ridden a bull. Yeah, no, yeah. Be riding a bull. Yeah. Uh huh. Photoshop work, works great. No, um, no, no. Would you like to see it? I can do this. Uh huh. But no, it was just uh, Debbie and I watched the last Cowboy Standing, and it was just so funny because to to actually watch it is kind of neat, you know, because we, you know, you know, we don't get to watch it. We get to observe it from the sidelines, Cover but to actually, yeah. yeah, to actually watch it and, and hear the commentary. It's like, okay, that's what was happening behind the shoots or whatever. It was kind of fun, different. Yeah. It's a, it, it is different Mark. And, uh, and sometimes I, Jeff Meyer from, from will invite me to, uh, 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 to to just come watch. You don't have to shoot photos. You know, I got plenty of photographers here and whatever. And I have a hard time doing it. I, I get antsy. I want to be. Yeah. I want to do what I what I'm so used to doing. And I sometimes I don't enjoy the things because I, I mean I enjoy it for a different reason. But I don't right. get to ever enjoy it as a fan. I think we look a little cynically at, at some of the fans sometimes and, and that they, they don't get nuances of things. I know boxing fans, Mark, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I don't, I don't give boxing fans a, a, a big amount of credit for, for understanding boxing. Uh, they like what they like. That, that's not to be confused with liking something, but understanding the nuances that, that are in boxing and the foot almost like, uh, like enjoying an opera, but even though you don't speak, Italian. Well, okay, I guess that's cool. 
people. But if you want to get the full experience, you got to, you know, you need to understand the language that the thing is in. And, and then I, I'm sure it means more that way. So, uh, you, you get where you only get the, you know, the, that half a, that half a bowl of soup. And it's just, it's just not as, it's just not as satisfying that way. So, uh, anyhow, uh, all right. Uh, pro bowl writers. Uh, I have a question for you. Our, our friend, uh, Colin Cowherd. <laughs> so I started in, in, uh, radio and TV here in Las Vegas, uh, at the same time that I started in radio, uh, out here. And, uh, by the way, uh, the Xfinity, uh, race is on, and Brendan Gaughan is in second place, I believe. Uh, Las Vegas, Brendan Gaughan at least uh, was was up there. Kyle Busch, and they just had a wreck. Uh, Blake Coach, so uh, yeah, hit the safer barrier, and it looks like he's fine. Cars, cars all torn up. Yeah. So anyhow, um, yeah, uh, safer barrier. Do you know what that stands for? What? Do you know what safer stands for? Okay, Steel yeah. and foam. Steel and foam. In, that's the that's the acronym for it. Okay. Yeah, that's why it's, it's safer. Doctor Dean Sicking is the inventor of that. He's a friend of mine. Of course, he is. He was at the uh, he, he was at the uh, Highway Traffic uh, Safety Institute, I believe it is, in at the University of Nebraska, and uh, uh, and I guess this leads to the the safer barriers absorb 75% of the shock or thereabouts from the wreck. Uh, uh, the, it absorb the foam, the, the styrofoam compacts and it doesn't shoot back. It doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't push back near as hard as, as it, it, as it flattens. And so it absorbs all the, but it doesn't kick a car back into, into traffic. So it really is a wonderful, wonderful invention and has saved so many lives. Kyle Bush making a run, uh, to get into the chase after hitting a part of Daytona that was didn't have the safer barrier, he was on the inside of the track, broke both of his legs. He he gone shit, almost a quarter mile before he hit the wall and was still going fast enough to screw up his legs because he hit it where it wasn't one of these safer barriers. And Doctor Dean Sicking has saved countless lives uh, by this invention. And this between this and the Hans device, nobody dies hitting the damn wall in NASCAR anymore. Yeah. Sometimes there's always something that, that, you know, is absolutely unforeseen and, and this and this and this conspired to have it. But if you think of the, the safety things that have occurred, man, that safer barrier has, uh, has done an amazing, amazing job. And, uh, uh, Lane Frost, I mean, you look, Earnhardt died. Okay. If he'd hit the safer barrier, I don't think it would have killed him, Mark. No, uh, you know, it was, uh, it was a physics thing and between, between the safer barrier and the Hans device, there aren't, uh, fatalities in NASCAR anymore. Lane Frost was killed because he, uh, you know, he got off a bull <laughs> 91 point ride and gets, and, and uh, gets a rib broken in his, in his back while he's laying on the ground. The bull got to him before the bullfighters did and bull stuck a horn, not in him. It didn't, you know, it didn't go inside and do that. It broke his rib and stuck it through it. Uh, through his uh, artery, and that was the end of Lane Frost. And he was to the bull riding what Dale Earnhardt Sr. was to NASCAR. At that, at that point in time, there was no more important bull rider in the world than Lane Frost, and there was no more important auto racer at the time that Earnhardt died than Dale Earnhardt. He had this resurgence in his career. Lane Frost never really had a downside. You know, him and Tuff Hedeman were, uh, were, were running partners, and uh, – I think it's cool. Bull riding does not for doesn't forget Lane Frost. They've got the bull named after him. Uh, uh, Lane's, uh, come on, I know the name. Uh, Lane's Magic Train, and uh, I think it's just cool that the you know a Tom Brady four game suspension mark. Um, the NFLPA has proposed that they uh, they he will pay a fine, but have no suspension and they said their proposal and i'm quoting here was met with silence and the pa uh, patriots have already paid a one million dollar fine lost a uh, number one in 2016 and i believe a uh, number two in 2017 and uh you know, when you gotta give up a number two <laughs> things are bad and uh, you know, know honest to god this is so much ado about nothing mark this is do do you remember and keep in mind i'm a Raiders fan. One of the greatest Raiders of all time was a, was a man named, uh, uh Lester Hayes. 
And he was great because he was a he was a, a very good quarter uh, cornerback <laughs> who wore stickum. He discovered that if his hands were improved by putting stickum on them, a little bit was good. So a hell handful was great, and he had stickum everywhere. And they finally had to outlaw stickum because Lester Hayes had taken. Was a a liability and turned it into an asset. He had no hands. He could, or he would have been. He had good speed. He had lots of stuff. He could have certainly been a receiver and got more of the acclaim that guys play ball. The guys do anyway. But he was there at cornerback because he didn't have hands. And he put the stick him on there, and he could palm a ball. He could do it. It did not matter what he touched. He stuck to him. And the balls, the quarterback were having a hard time throwing the balls because they were coming back and sticky. This led us to both teams being responsible for their own balls. They finally outlawed. They tried limiting the the amount, and then they had to outlaw it completely. The next genesis or the next thing in in, in this genesis of this uh, subject is that along came, well, how about if we do put the stickum that we keep the the little uh, stick post-it notes, we put them in gloves and think of the adherence it will give to somebody's hands that don't really have hands, and they put that on there, and that's where they – that's where technology is now. Nowhere in time does somebody just say, hey, man, if we, if we take a little air out of the ball, it might feel better to this guy's hand than this. Okay. They've taken a, what was a – if you just had to have your hands when it was cold, you know, our grandfathers and our fathers, when it was cold, they played and their hands were wet and snowy and you're from Minnesota and people yeah. were out there playing. Now – your hands are all your, your can hands can be soaking wet and you can catch a ball because the stickum that's on there. So it's changed the game of football a hell of a lot more than the pounds of air per square inch inside that football. It doesn't why should it matter to them if the guy wants to play with it empty? It can, why does it matter to anybody? Okay, you bring yours in at whatever you want, just like NASCAR. You can put 32 pounds of air in your tires. We're gonna go out there with 22. Okay, there's advantages and disadvantages to both. And why they're effing with Tom Brady about this, he maybe he did or didn't tell the truth, and maybe he did or didn't break a rule, but it's a stupid rule. It's a because stupid rule. you have to rule. penalize success. <laughs> I, I, but, but what I'm saying is, yes, you, I think you're absolutely right. Uh, you know, where would we be without Robert Kraft? If you're a football fan, he's the guy that saved football. Jeff Saturday, if you don't look at it's on YouTube, check it out. Jeff Saturday from the Colts was the player rep who said we could not have done this without Robert Kraft, who happened to take the time out from his wife being on her deathbed to save the NFL and that particular NFL season. So uh, anyhow, Mark, uh, uh the, the gloves are a much, much bigger factor than anything Brady did other than lying. I'm not condoning lying. I'm not big on that. But I just really think the punishment should fit the crime. Okay, blow me. Uh, I guess that's about it. By the way, uh, who's the bigger jackass? Uh, Hulk Hogan, <laughs> Colin Cowherd, who who uh, totally uh, uh, screwed up any. Uh-oh. We have the Cosmopolitan is on fire. Okay, the Cosmopolitan is on fire. Well, we'll, we'll, let's send out the camera crew as quickly as possible. Yeah, keep us informed on that. Um, Anyway, uh, Colin Cowherd, uh, uh, who started in radio and television out here in Vegas at the same time I did (laughs) in the the 80s, um, was leaving uh, ESPN – in a week from today or a week from yesterday or something like that, Mark, July 31st, uh, he was gone. He was going to go to, uh, I, I believe, Fox Sports. Colin, kind of a uh, abrasive uh, type. I mean, that's his shtick. That's what he does. Uh, you know, Don, Don, Don Rickles uh, insults you. That's what he does. Right. Everybody has their own styles. Colin Coward is a guy who starts crap. And he was talking about the differences between baseball and football stuck his foot squarely in his mouth he whether you believe it or not and you know everybody when they people that have that fame that say something damn near all of them say something that's right now and again at least they're partially right i mean hitler said things that were correct and not very many as far as i'm concerned but some 
we're correct. No matter who you talk about, they always tend to say something. You know, Satan said some things that were correct. Uh, so the, the, Colin Cowherd said something that was asinine. It was stupid to say, but I, I think taken out of context, it sounds pretty bad. And he, even how he said it, to think that he didn't have the, the presence of mind as long as he's been in, in, in radio to not think this through and, and to know what he was saying. But he was talking about the differences between baseball and football, saying sports writers could go up and have a, a conversation with Joe Torrey and, uh, and, and, and about baseball, about a, a play in baseball, and there would be some acknowledgement that, yeah, you're probably right. He said you could not walk up to Bill Belichick and talk, talk a play in football, di- you know, diagram a play in football that he would understand or, 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 or use. So he was making, but he, he brought in the, the Dominican Republic, which, uh, uh, population-wise, I mean, it shares the island of Española with with Haiti. Population-wise, it it's very very small compared to America, but a very good amount of of Dominicans play or have played uh, in the major leagues. Much more disproportionate wise, numbers wise, how many of them there are that have actually made the major leagues, and uh, they really are. Oh, here's the fire at the Cosmopolitan, Mark. I'm watching it right now, and I'll. Uh, Guess we'll update you a little bit. The pool area is on fire. All right. Well, that's not good to have a fire in the pool area, except that I know a really good way to get away from the fire right there. (laughs) (laughs) Doesn't seem to be anybody in the pool right at the moment, Mark. So I suppose that's a good sign. But yeah, there's a there's a lot of smoke out there. Uh, Anyway, uh, that's coming from uh, our friends at uh, NBC Channel Three News and. uh, uh, looks like it did not look to be any humans involved at the moment up there, Mark, at least from what I can see. But uh, I'm sure that'll make try. If you really if you really want to get a close up, folks, head down to the strip. Just, yeah, just ball on down. I'm sure I'm sure it'll be you'll get right close. Uh, send us some video here. You know, there are going to be some ass doing that. Oh, There's going to be somebody that stop there. Yeah, you know, that's yo. I, I don't know. Are you seeing the crowd? Everybody's got their cameras and their phones out. Well, of course they do. <laughs> We wouldn't want you to run over there and catch somebody that's jumping. And there's a lot of smoke going up the side of that building. I hope it's not getting into the hotel rooms. I mean, that I don't know what's burning there. Let me see. It's a pool on the strip in Las Vegas. Yeah. You got to figure some of that smoke <laughs> is yeah, pro- probably uh, eminent. Boy, it is belching some smoke up there, man. That is some that is some black smoke. Okay. All right. Well, anyhow, uh, we'll keep focus, you updated focus, on, focus. on the Cosmopolitan. Yeah. All right. Uh, Colin Cowherd said that even Dominicans understand baseball, and I don't know if he meant because they're uneducated for the more so than we are. I don't know what he meant. I, I, you know, you can't unless you ask Colin. But it was stupid. Whatever he meant. It was a stupid argument. You know, uneducated is not is not stupid. Ignorance is just lack of education. I, I'm, I'm ignorant. I, I have I do not have that in here yet. Doesn't mean you can't get it in there, you know? And so he besmirched an entire nation of people and a, a very good percentage of baseball players. So ESPN cut him loose a week early it's probably going to cost him his next job that he's planned that he quit espn to go take all he had to do was shut up and say bye you know he could have he could have talked about the roosevelt greer and 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 needlepoint for his last week if he'd wanted to he could have done a going away party for an entire week you know but i he's probably screwed himself up saying something stupid and finally he kind of beat around the bush but finally got uh, got around to apologizing for what we understand hulk hogan and the wwe have now uh, uh divorced uh hogan doing something uh at uh, that got him in a civil court uh and uh some tapes were released where it came out that it was a sex tape. It's not so much a sex tape as him uh, talking about his daughter dating, uh, I believe, a black man. And Hulk Hogan refers to him in, in an 
um, in professional, unprofessional terms uh, for somebody who deals with the public that much. So anyway, and it happened years and years and years ago, but Hulk Hogan and has lost his gig with WWE, Colin Coward, uh, obviously on the outs uh, with uh, with uh, ESPN and, and sports in general for a while. And now uh, Robert Allenby, again, the <laughs> the very talented Australian golfer, has for the third time in his career, third time, at the RBC Canadian Open, and the second time in eight years he had done this, um, it, he and his caddy Mick, uh, Mick Modelmo uh, had an uh, argument over club selection. Allenby put one in the water, gave him a triple bogey, and uh, they argued, and the caddy set the clubs down, and r- rather than putting him in another appropriate spot, and walked off. So it's a, it's the second time in eight years and the third time overall for Allenby. He did it one time at the uh, 95 British Open and at St. Andrews. Yeah, that was the very first time that somebody <laughs> he, he uh, and if you don't know who Robert Allenby is, he's a very talented golfer who's uh seems to be batshit crazy. But he was mugged uh, and I put that in with a question mark there yeah. at the Sony open in Hawaii. We really never found out. I mean, not that it's any of my business. I didn't lose my credit card or whatever. Somebody went to jail for having his, for using his credit card, but he was found wandering around Hawaii at like five in the morning, laying there beat up and, and missing his shoes and his watch and his whatever. And they was like, why will you be here in the first place? Why would you be anywhere where you could have? And they got some video footage of him at a place earlier that night. And then that's about it. So big question marks as to what happened to him. And they came up with the story that he was, uh, that he was, uh, had been abducted and, and, and whatever. So anyway, uh, but Alan B wow. seems to be losing it. He's like the Australian John Daly. He's, he's just imploding. And there again, it's a sponsorship driven thing. We talked about that with the PBR, talked about that with NASCAR, it's a, any sport. It's a sponsorship driven thing. And so is golf. Uh, guys get, you know, appearance fees and sponsors exemptions and stuff like that when, when, if and when they need it. And, and uh, you know, so he's uh, pretty much killed that golden goose. And uh, I guess it goes down as, uh, as high strung. But uh, who do you think is the biggest jackass of them three? Guy who who screwed up years ago by saying something about uh, 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 about uh, uh, a segment of our population, who uh, is now so much more prevalent in the news. You know, now you have to say the N word. You have to. You can't. You can't. It is a very rare occasion when you can do that without starting a firestorm of saying the entire word. Unless you're of color, and I don't know, I don't know where the where the cutoff line is on what if what if somebody's half black? Can they? You know, I think Blake Griffin. We we do the we. You know, he comes to mind, and think okay, the, he still qualifies. He could he could do that and get away with it and not start a racial incident. What if his children marry somebody that's white, and they they keep diluting that black pool down you know what i mean that percentage that people like to keep i'm not i i don't like the percentages anyway i don't know ever where that cutoff line is from one to the other but what i'm saying is at some point where where does that become something that's wrong for you to say now you're too white you're you're not black enough well whatever it is to to say it now and get away with it but anyway Hulk Hogan, uh, never, I never uh, uh, cared much for him. He was uh, the guest, uh, the big star master of ceremonies kind of deal at uh, uh, the Stuart uh, Foreman fight. And it was at the Thomas and Mac and a pretty darn good fight. I mean, some heavy, heavy punching. And uh, after the fight, I come down the, the elevator at the Thomas and Mac and I'm on there with Stuart and they're literally holding him up. And I so much wanted to just turn and take a photo of it. And common sense told me, don't do that. And the doors open and they kind of pushed him out and out he went. And Hulk Hogan was there and right. And I said, oh, cool. I said, uh, let me get a picture of you. And he says, I'm not here to take pictures. Yeah, okay. So yeah, I went and sat down and we we're going to watch the post-fight press conference. And he sat there and they asked him a couple of questions. He was, yeah, no. 
And that was it. He would not cooperate in the least. He knew exactly what he was doing. And it was very, very, very unprofessional of him, particularly not only was he a guest, but he was a paid guest. And so I, I, didn't, I don't think much of him brain-wise and, and class-wise. But anyway, that's what he did. Colin Cowherd disparaged an entire nation. <laughs> and, uh, and Robert Allenby uh, got in a fight with this caddy, which is the, who's the biggest jackass there? ESPN. <laughs> uh, okay i don't remember that being one of the choices but all right if, why espn what, what did they, they do? because they took political correctness way too far and i'm so tired of this bullshit about you gotta watch you know here's oh. here's here's this week's list of words you cannot say which will change next week but this week these are the words you can't say on TV. Well, it wasn't. Even it wasn't. He, can't, he didn't say it was about the Dominicans uh, per se. In the day, I mean, he insinuated that they were not smart enough. This goes back to Al Campanis and and uh, speaking of the Dodgers, you know, who lost a, a long time. The ultimate baseball guy, Al Campanis, was that front office fixture for the Dodgers. And lost his all his credibility when he talked about black people in some of the most stereotypical language about them not having what it takes to be a, a quarterback, not 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 being able to swim. Those those types of just absolutely bad stereotypical things where you see one person who happens to be black who can't swim and you say, well, none of them can swim. That's I mean, that's just. You know, it was and it was asinine of him to say this is the same kind of thing that Cowherd has done. And I don't know that it's recoverable. It cost Al Campanis that 25, 30 years ago, Mark. I think I think we've become less tolerant of the, to become more tolerant of everybody else. Again, the, the other side of that coin is we become less tolerant of people saying things like that and particularly saying them in public and saying them with sponsors. <laughs> sponsors ain't going to put up with that. They can't afford to whether the sponsors believe it or not, whether it's true or not. <laughs> nobody's go, nobody's ever going to go to that to figure it out. Nobody's ever going to claim to go to there. To to no and nothing's ever going to go any further than this right here, and Cowherd's going to hang by his. I mean, I, I, you know, on his own. What do they call it, petard? That's that's no. what's going to happen to no. him. I think. No, no. I, I don't know if it's recoverable, Mark. I, well, okay. Hulk Hogan got caught on an audio tape from eight from eight years ago in what was supposed to be a private conversation. Okay, right about his daughter's Not, dating life. Eighty to ninety percent of the general public would be in the exact same position because we all have secrets and you know, you, I, me, everyone. So on Ashley Madison, (laughs) no more secrets. um, Eight years ago, it was not as politically vulnerable to say stuff like that, even in, you know, even if it was known. Okay. You know, again, we go back to the Confederate flag. Times have changed. Stop, stop penalizing, you know, again, you know, let's give someone a break because time has passed. Well, okay. Unless you, you donate to this group or you belong to this group, it's not okay. And, and that's just polarizing. Yeah, it's exactly what it is. And people play it and they say, I hate polarization. And, And somebody says, if you just get one person say, well, I love polarization. I love my position. I, I don't care about, you know, now, even those that say I hate polarization have to take a, have to take a position. We force that on each other. Now, you know, you're not just allowed to have an opinion and maybe our opinions differ. I mean, uh, I can't, I, I can honestly tell you, I'm positive. We don't agree on everything. You exactly. Know? Uh, you know, like that horse has asked Donald Trump. We don't agree on Donald Trump, but <laughs> I just ordered that horse's ass Obama. Come on. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Cats game. (laughs) Well, you got me there. (laughs) Um, uh, anyhow, uh, uh, Mark, there's a, uh, you know, there's, there's levels of stupidity in all three of those things. 
Robert Allenby, all right, man. You know, you make your money from the sponsorship, from people buying the products of the or golfing at this golf course or, you know, using Nike clubs and Titleist balls and on and on and on. And you're basically now biting the hand that feeds you when you F up. Kurt Busch did not invent cussing. He certainly didn't invent doing it at a at a, at a reporter who's gotten him when the adrenaline is still flowing. You know, we talked about that testosterone. Okay, that's what happens, and it doesn't just go off. That's, you know, a, a PTSD thing. Some people just can't turn it off. And when it gets turned on, uh, it's, 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 you know, it's there for a while. So when they stick a microphone in somebody's face, immediately after the guy has just been bounced off a wall or something uh, along that line, you know, uh, uh, they, they, they're not ready for that for that adrenaline to still be going, that testosterone to still be flowing through their veins. And so then the guy suffers for something that he wouldn't do because he was smart enough not to do it, you know, sponsor wise. And some, some of these guys get caught. All three of these guys are going to pay a very big penalty for what they said. Oh yeah. Yeah. Because of the, 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 the current political climate, look at Vegas. We elected a mob mayor three freaking times, and we would have elected him four times had the law allowed it to. A mayor, one of who, the one of the greatest mayors in America, definitely, definitely. And then we elect his wife, who's a dingbat. But anyway, you know. Oh no, Oscar, man! Listen, Oscar I, made I, I'm a big fan of Carolyn off. You know, saying what. Off the cuff. That's what we what everybody else was him. afraid to say. Yeah, exactly. Everybody else was afraid to say. You know, when they defaced the 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 turtles down there yes. uh, on the uh, on the spaghetti bowl, and Oscar said about the amputating thumbs. I I thought, well, you know what? I like that. Uh, I don't know that we'll actually get to that point, but it's a pretty good proposal. You know, yes. I've always thought that child molesters should be taken back to the scene of the crime and just announce what time we're going to let them go and where. <laughs> uh, you know, so I, i'm kind of in agreement on that something and i i uh oscar is a is a big uh supporter of uh of uh, oscar is a big athletic supporter I'm sure. <laughs> it's not the first time that's been said but in the in the way that i mean it uh, uh, uh oscar goodman always uh, uh, a friend of auto racing Yes. And anything that was good for Las Vegas, Oscar was a big part of the, the boxing it. events. All the things, uh, you know, Oscar is, again, I think, one of the greatest mayors of any city ever. We're very fortunate to have Carolyn Goodman, who carries on most, not all, of the things. Some some things, I think, priority-wise, are, are more important to her than, than they were to Oscar. But she yeah, took what he did, and, and she... Well, she didn't screw it up. You know what I mean? We're still we're still chugging along. She she got us through some tough times, Mark. And I don't care what political party you're in, uh, that was tough times. And and how whoever's fault it was, what we got through as a city is very very much uh, a, a a part of who happened to be there at the time. Who I mean, they, you know, talk about right place, right time, whoever we had, uh, God bless Lois Tarkanian, Dr. Lois Tarkanian sat on our, our, our board of education and Jerry's wife and behind every successful man, there's a great woman. And Lois Tarkanian is, is that great woman. And thank God she was on city council at the time. And, 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 you know, we have, we have a really strong government, maybe not resume wise, but effective wise, you look at how Las Vegas, I think it was amplified the, the, the problems. We make our living on disposable income and people didn't have disposable income in 2008 and 2009. And, you know, until lately now it's more disposable than it was, but that was some sucky times that I think it was amplified here in Las Vegas. And so whichever, and, and the Republicans, uh, you know, God bless them. They all, I don't care what party it was. It took some, it took some very good governing from both sides to get us through that. And uh, so I'm I'm happy, but I think sports has been a major part of that recovery too, Mark. So we're fortunate. Again, it's an odd situation here in Las Vegas, but you look at the sports, which prompts the gambling. That's why they have champ heavyweight championship fights That's here. Right. That's why not UFC so much, but the things uh, you look at the Final Four and the and the links that they go to get you into their 
casinos. Look at the TVs. Look at the money <laughs> they spend on televisions. And I mean, these beautiful things. It's damn near like being there. You know, a yeah. lot of people think it's better than sitting there in the nosebleed section at a stadium where you're cold and paying eight bucks for a beer to sit here. And the, 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 the girl with the nice boobs and the cute butt will bring you a beer <laughs> and, and you give her a dollar and she'll be right back with another one without you really having to say much to her. And you know what I mean? So, they that sports is such a big part and and you, uh, you got to credit oscar for doing that you know i mean he was here for the resurgence uh and and jerry tarkanian uh man where would las vegas be without tark the shark and and the entire and, and uh, i'm gonna do this just just because um uh, i'm just gonna do it mark danny tarkanian jerry tarkanian's son yes is running to to take joe heck's seat i believe it is as a representative to Congress, and he did not make the announcement here. I, 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 I'm just saying, uh, if you're not registered to vote, vote. And I don't care if you vote for Danny or don't vote for Danny. He's running, but it's a reminder that the election is not too far off. But Danny Tarkanian once again running for elected office and uh, running as a Republican. And uh, I helped his mother, who is a, a staunch Democrat. And I've, I've always just wanted to eat dinner over there once in a while <laughs> when all of them were together. And certainly Danny's wife, Amy Tarkanian, uh, a, a very much the conservative voice. Uh, she was on Channel 3 uh, uh, doing a, a wonderful job on the political commentary uh, around noontime. And I used to watch it. And, uh, uh, you know, some, some very thoughtful repartee there. there uh, uh, but anyway, uh, I, I guess I digress a little bit. But sports, Here's sports is such a huge thing. And Oscar was a, and always will be a big supporter of sports okay, here yeah. in Vegas. Here, just, just, just kind of an off topic, but not quite, you know, I mean, you know, you, you said how you'd want no, we to never get off topic, dude. Yeah, yeah never, <laughs> never. How, you know, the Tarkanian family, the mother is a staunch uh, Democrat. The son is a uh, very nice Republican. Uh, you know, he's got a lot of his father. Maybe too nice. Uh, yeah. Yes, definitely that kind of reminds me of when I got to interview Michael gone. Yeah. Son, son of Jackie gone, you know, yeah. and how humble that guy is. And, but you know, I'm like, what was it like around your dinner table? And he looks at me and goes, we never talked business. Dinner table was dinner. Mom, mom made it very, very clear. It's dinner. Not that well, that's pretty yeah. cool. Well, hey, coming back to sports, Brett Farr, Hall of Fame for the Green Bay Packers, and he got his number retired at the same time. Green Bay gave Green, Green Bay forgave him. Oh, that's a two way street. Yes. Brett Favre couldn't as competitive an individual, I believe, as, as ever played football. Um, and that's what made him great. He was not an incredibly uh, a wonderful physical specimen. He was not exceptionally fast. He was Larry Bird in a, in a, in a Green Bay. You know, uh, Larry Bird was with the Celtics, a storied franchise. Brett Favre goes with Green Bay, a storied franchise. He actually was drafted with, by Atlanta and Green Bay traded for him. Oh no 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 no! Uh, just just that comparison makes makes a whole lot of sense, you know. Larry yeah. Bird was was not an exceptional player, but with everything around him, made him that. Yeah, exactly. And and, and Brett Favre couldn't give it up. He just couldn't go, and he didn't he didn't think it was his job to to. Uh, coach uh, Aaron Rodgers to, to to get to speed up that process of him having to go. He wanted to go out as a Green Bay Packer. And when they got Aaron Rodgers and he saw, obviously he saw the talent that Rodgers had with the second team at, at Green Bay and, and uh, to do all the, you know, I mean, to go through that mentally and he had a hard time leaving. I'm going to retire. I'm not going to retire. I'm going to do this. And some of it I think was gamesmanship in, in playing them. So he got an extra year, but he run out of those, of those moves in that chess game and he was released and they didn't want to trade him and they didn't want to do this. And he went to the jets and then he ended up at Minnesota anyway. And it was unfortunate all the way around, but I think there was, I think there was culpability on both sides 
and it was not necessarily on purpose culpability. I don't think Brett Favre could give it up easily, and the Packers knew they had to move on. And so it was meant to be one of them just shitty situations, Mark, and I think that's what it ended up. And it's nice to see that they they made up. It's like watching somebody that's been divorced for years and years finally kiss, you know, and say, hey, I miss you, and how you doing, and, you know, that I'm sure – that's kind of what it came down to. And I'm, gl- I'm glad Brett Favre is one of the greatest Packers of all time, you know, and uh, it, it's good that they, you know, life's too short to, to, to hold that animosity in and, and to just have, you know, it could be better. Okay. Then make it better. What does yeah. it take? What do I have to do? Who's, who's it bring Who's asked do I have to kiss? Is that, bring, bring it on over here. Well, let's get it over with, you know, and then, then we'll move on and get back to happy. So, all right, let's wrap it up. All right. Uh, sounds good to me, Mark. Um, uh, you have been listening to Good Sports here from Las Vegas. Uh, we uh, would invite you to uh, uh, to uh, uh, do whatever business you can with our sponsors and those that sponsor the things that you like here in sports, folks. That's what uh, that's what pays the freight. So, uh, the Vegas tourist, Mark. Are you going on any tours uh, anytime no. soon? No, nah, staying local. Let's let's d- take a bus to Hawaii. See how many people sign up. There we go. Hundred bucks. <laughs> well, all expenses paid. It's a hundred dollars to get in. Buy one 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 buffet ticket, and we will sell you the second one for the same price. Buy. So you're saying buy one get one, get the second meal at full price? Yes. The good sports. The good sports special. It lives. That's it. That's it. <laughs> Until next week. Thanks for listening. For Mark Anthony, I'm Rick Rosen. This has been Good Sports. Bye bye.